Welcome to Skytalker's Fulcrum Files, where Caitlin and Charlotte break down the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels. An in-depth discussion commencing in 3, 2, 1. Hello and welcome to Fulcrum Files. I am your host, Caitlin, and we are super excited for the second installment of Skytalker's Fulcrum Files, where we talk about the latest episodes in the final season of Rebels. And I'm Charlotte, and I'm really excited too. And today we're going to be talking about the two-part episode, In the Name of the Rebellion. Yay! Boy, oh boy, (laughs) did we see the rebellion. (laughs) Yeah, I just like, this is such a great episode. Yeah. Um, But the way that this series works for us is that we start with a 20-second recap, and we kind of go back and forth each episode. So today it's going to be Caitlin, and then in part... Yeah, I know. Are you ready? No. <laughs> in in part one, we give two highs and one low of what we thought of the episode. And then in part two, we cover the story of the episode. And in part three, we talk about the characters. Okay, so 20-second oh. recap. <laughs> okay, um, so this is where Caitlin gives me a recap in 20 seconds of the latest <laughs> episode. And what she misses, I fill in. Um, so I'm going to start the timer. Oh, okay. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, let me swallow. Let me like take a sip of water. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. Hera makes a crash landing, but Kanan supports her. Bail and Mon Mothma are there. Kanan and Ezra meditate, but Big Head Saw interrupts, and Mon shows she really is the bigger person. Scarif satellite look like, and Ezra and Sabi slide around until Saw shows up in cargo hold. Prisoners. But wait, there's a guy for Crystal. Saw is crazy, but not really surprised. Chopper is feisty. Crystal blows up. Ezra has questions. Yavin, four, three, two, one, end. Wow. Ni- 19 seconds and fi- 19 seconds with like 50 milliseconds remaining. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did it. <laughs> what a shouty 20 second recap. I'm so sorry. I like don't need this added stress in my life right now of trying to fit this in 20 seconds. <laughs> so basically I don't really know if you missed a lot. I I think that you like the biggest probably overall theme that you missed is like the overall theme of the episode, right? <laughs> Like, the vibe of the episode. Like, I feel like you hit on all the plot points. I, yeah, I, I went for... Because I feel like in your last 20 seconds, you got the bigger theme, but you missed the plot points. Um, so I was like, I need to get the plot points. So in true, like, switch-off fashion, yeah. that's what you're doing? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay, but I thought it was super clever with the Yavin 4, 3, 2, 1 at the end. <laughs> I just... It's like, I need you to acknowledge it for me. <laughs> Okay, it was really funny. Okay, thank you. you. Okay, well, I give that an A+. You did really well. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to talk about our two highs and lows. There are whispers of this alleged Jedi in the streets. In time, such whispers might spark belief in something other than the strength and security of the Empire. And that, gentlemen, is something I cannot have. So, Caitlin... I'm going to go first because last time you went first. Um, So my first high is the overall feeling of this episode in the name of the rebellion. I got with this whole thing, I think, was that every single layer of this story had something to do with different pieces of canon across like the quote new canon established recently. And I just felt like everything was equal and it gave me such a really satisfying feeling as a fan. That was my high. 
That's a good high. I kind of picked some weird highs for this episode. I wouldn't say they were my overall highs, but things that I just, I really appreciated about this episode. Uh, First, I really loved the whole kind of B plot line with Chopper and the prisoners. Um, I just thought it was hilarious. I really enjoyed Chopper and the prisoners was like, you really are a very good droid. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I just hated that. Um, And I can't remember which prisoner it was, but uh, he kind of sounded like Captain Jack Sparrow. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember they're getting out of the of the escape pods, I think. And this the, the Captain Jack Sparrow prisoner says something along the lines of, well, I don't want to get out of the skate pot. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it sounded like Captain Jack Sparrow, and it made me laugh. <laughs> That's funny. Like, I didn't pick up on that, but okay. Yeah, cool. it could just be me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my second high was the subtle female death trooper. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe... Are they actually doing this? Like, are they doing this? I think they're... Oh, oh my gosh, they're actually doing this. Wow, it's so subtle. I'm obsessed with this. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. For a yeah. second, the for a second, I was like, "Wait, is this is this Phasma? What what's going on?" And I haven't read the Phasma book, um, so I'm sure that probably explains where she is during this time period. But my first thought was Phasma, and then I was like, "That's not Phasma." And OMG, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, it was great, and I was really excited because. Something that I've loved about Phasma's design in that like famous comment that went viral on the Star Wars Facebook page where it it doesn't have to like something I, I think it was Andy who responded like it's armor it doesn't have to like be modified for a female right whatever mm-hmm. yeah and same thing with the Death Trooper like I it just it was casual and it just needed to happen and it happened and now we have this in canon and it's awesome yeah agreed. So, Okay, okay, so, so it's yours. My second high was an appreciation for some of the animation parts of this episode. Uh, the smoke animation when the Sabine, Ezra, Ezra, and Saw are first approaching the crystal, I thought was just looked amazing. I thought it looked fantastic. And you have the Death Troopers are looking through the smoke, and you have Ezra kind of dashing around. I thought it looked great. Um, and yeah, it, it really stood out for me this episode. I think they did a really great job with it. And then also the animation with the crystal itself, I thought was really well done. Yeah, me too, because it could have looked hokey, but it didn't. It didn't. Yeah, I, I believed it. And yeah, like I said, I this when I saw that smoke, I was like, that looks really darn good. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing about the crystal, and like, maybe we'll get into this, maybe we won't, but like, there was something about like... We, in the episode, you're like, oh my god, like that's an insanely large crystal. But we know from uh, this goes into my first high of being like very satisfied as a Star Wars fan. Like we know from our backstory of Kyber crystals that like, you know, when they're gifted to Jedi to make their lightsaber, they're very small. So in the back of our minds, we know how important this like giant crystal is, mm-hmm. and it adds weight. That knowledge means a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, so my low, <laughs> I struggled with this because I basically had like zero lows. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed this episode, but I think, and this is like a very tedious thing, I can't stand Saw's annoying like little laugh. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> As we laugh. Um, yeah. Well, it's just like... <laughs> yeah, it, it's part and- of his like slipping into craziness. Yeah, I just don't like it. Like... 
I don't need the little laugh to know that he's slipping into craziness. Yeah. You know? That's true. Yeah. It just doesn't really fit with the character that you see on screen and even who we saw in Clone Wars. It's like this weird added thing for in the middle. It's odd to me. Yeah, it definitely doesn't fit with Clone Wars Saw. But again, it's kind of like this isolation and Saw is in so deep that he has kind of started to lose his mind. Which, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. It doesn't bother me as much, but that's why it's your low. (laughs) Yes. Okay, yeah. so what's yours? Uh, Milo is the same as last week. No Zeb. Uh, or really Hera or Kanan this episode. Um, and I love... Zeb was so proud, like, showing the the Rebel Alliance off, though. Yeah, I, I know. Like, right in the beginning. And then he was... They, like, popped up at the end again. True. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because this season is so short. And we're already four episodes over with a shortened season... It's crazy that now those four episodes are gone and we've only had three minutes with Zeb and not that much longer with Hera. Yeah, it's sad. I think that's going to about to change in the next episode, but still, I yeah. I agree with you. I Some of my highlights that got cut from my two highs and one low um, was a couple of Hera moments. I mm-hmm. think even though she wasn't in this episode that much, I think her lines were really strong. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. Yeah. That's the but, great thing yeah. about Hera. She just, even the little bits you do get of her are always packed with meaning and they just are awesome. <laughs> I know. I have to say, like, I, I love Hera and have loved her for a really long time. But I think that, like, through fandom and seeing other people's, like, attachment to how much they love Hera has, like, given me a greater respect and admiration for who Hera is. And it's made me, like, pick up more about why I really love her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's like they point out things that other people in the fandom point out things that you don't realize um, or put more emphasis on certain things she says and put put it in a new light. Yeah. It's really great. And I love it. Yeah, me too. All right, let's talk about the story. We will not rest until we bring an end to the Empire, until we restore our Republic. Are you with me? Okay, part two. Here we are, the story. So what's funny is last week we talked a little bit about how we didn't really see the Rebellion at all, really, except we knew that Hera (laughs) was with them. And this week is literally called In the Name of the Rebellion. So Dave Filoni heard our cries. Where are we with the rebellion? And like they even answered that question in the Rebels Recon. Yeah. <laughs> Andy was like, so where are we in the rebellion? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That's like our question. Not that we have a question. on our G-Doc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but like I think it bears repeating like where are we in the rebellion? What did we see in this episode? We saw the moral conflicts, I think, of the rebellion and – kind of a line being drawn in the sand at least from my mothma's perspective i think yeah totally and it's almost like she got feisty in this episode but you're right drew a line in the sand and she mm-hmm. kind of they took another step into f- forming a more allied alliance i know that's kind of like too many of the same words together but it's true all these different sects are coming together and there's obviously bound to be differences, and you can tell that Mon Mothma is at the head of all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it really is nice. I mean, 
Saw is now one of the few characters that we've had really good development with that have popped up throughout almost all editions of canon. You know, Clone Wars, Rebels, Rogue One. That's yeah. That's not something to laugh at. Um, books too. Yeah, books too. There aren't that many characters outside of our main characters that we have that for. Yeah, I just think that like to go to my point about it being so satisfying. It's it's great because I was watching this episode thinking like, okay, so if I had only seen Saw in that one episode on Geonosis last season, I still think I would have been satisfied with this episode given the fact that they've like totally built him up as this character who sits on a different spectrum as the other rebels. Like, that's fine. You could have just dealt with that. From a story perspective, that's really interesting, right? But, and I think they did that well. But knowing where he comes from in the Clone Wars, knowing who he is in Rogue One, and also just kind of getting this, like, insanely detailed backstory that we got from him in Rebel Rising. If you guys haven't Mm -hmm. read Rebel Rising, I actually really recommend it. It's... I think about it a lot, I feel like, when I talk about Star Wars, and especially Rebels, just because it it kind of has a similar, I wouldn't say similar, but it's obviously a similar time period as Rebels, so, like, similar, I don't know, themes in the galaxy come up. Um, And I think just, like, you're right, seeing him in all these different iterations, it's just, it's so, it's just so awesome. (laughs) It really is. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's, it's great seeing this breakdown of of Saw as the character and also of his relationship with the rebellion. But and it's kind of, I feel like we kinda of, a lot of us probably have some of the perspective of Ezra about what's going on between Saw Gerrera and Mon Mothma about how you know that Saw is wrong, but he's getting results. And so how do you grapple with that and how do you reconcile that and what do you do about that? Um, because at the end of the day, the rebellion wants the same thing that Saw wants, right? Yeah. But I mean, that's why this episode's so good is because you can completely see both sides and you just kind of, you can, you can look at what Saw's doing and be like, oh, that's an extremist, but he's playing on the same playing field as the empire. And that in itself is kind of respectable. And then you can look at the rebellion that exists with Mon Mothma at the head and the rebels of you know the ghost crew and what they've been doing and think like man it's been a long time since they've actually made any progress and look at saw he's actually making some sort of progress and you can kind of sit back and be like who is right here and who has i mean we obviously have the knowledge of a new hope and rogue one and those kind of successes but it's still kind of a lot draws this like moral boundary i think between these two characters Mm -hmm. and two different rebels we talk about this a lot with the prequel trilogy and i think it it kind of comes up here in these episodes too but this idea of you watch the prequel trilogy knowing how it's going to end you know it's a tragic story you know anakin will fall to the dark side as soon as the phantom menace starts you know what i mean and it's kind of the same with this especially with saw and how close he is to the death star you know that he's just going to keep meeting failure because Mm -hmm. we know that it's not until the events of Rogue One that they get anywhere near the Death Star. And then the same goes for the Rebellion, too. They, with this moral boundary that they've, that they've created, they've kind of put themselves in a bubble for better and for worse. And it's not going to be until the events of of Scarif and of Alderaan that they're really going to be met with 
you know, the big success that they have at the end of A New Hope. Um, so it's it's interesting watching kind of how everything comes together, knowing that their successes have to be limited because of this, the events of A New Hope and Rogue totally. One. Yeah, completely. I think that's like the heroes on both sides. Thing. Love that episode. Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah, no, not even just that episode, but, like, that's a pervasive theme throughout the prequels as well, right? Yeah. And I think that, like, not necessarily that there are, like, really both sides. I mean, I guess there are, right? Like, th- these are two sides of the rebellion, and mm-hmm. both are technically right, right? So it's, like, you can see how there could be heroics on both of these sides. And I think that's just, like, I love that Dave has taken this theme and, like, put it into like basically everything that he's like produced yeah it's funny because I don't think a lot of people would actually agree with you that Saw is right on I know I was as I as I was saying it I was like oh (laughs) it's really cool though because you have and the kind of the the conversation I've seen on the internet today and the past since Rebels aired which when does Rebels air? I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. I got caught in that horrible thing where I got to watch part one and then part two was part one again. And it was awful. <laughs> anyway, um, but people were talking a lot about how uh, fans react so positively to Callus, who did countless horrible deeds, but saw has such a negative reputation in the fandom and a lot of people are always talking about how it would have been so much better if Stila had lived and not Saw. But again, I think that goes back to that's the point. It It is a tragedy and Stila wouldn't have gotten sucked into that extreme extremist viewpoint the same way that Saw would have and then we wouldn't have had that clash between Saw Guerrero and Mon Mothma that is, is really interesting food for thought. And like you said, I, I love how Dave Filoni gives us these characters who have such moral qualms and come up in the rebellion and up in the empire in so many different ways because everyone's story is different. And it's like how we define good and evil in our world. It's not clear cut. And every person, every person has a different story. It's, you know, you have Callus, you have Mamathma, you have Saw, you have Ezra. There are so many different, different shades of gray. Oh boy, you went I, there. I, I brought in gray. I brought in the yeah. gray. <laughs> like the alarm sounds when people say like yeah, the gray like, area. There's no gray Jedi. <laughs> yeah, but like we weren't even talking on, about Jedi guys. <laughs> on on Rebels Recon, Dave was talking about how I think it was Dave. If I'm wrong, like sorry, but Dave was talking about how. <laughs> This kind of represents how it's not just the light and the dark side of the Jedi and the Sith that kind of represent these selfish, selfless uh, tendencies. And I, I, I just he's like, I want to show that in all these different ways and all these different mediums, because as long as we can get at least this is what I was again, like, I don't know if he actually said this or this is how <laughs> I took it. Um, and he's like, I want to get, you know, that message across and all these different like types of people, right, in in all these different decisions. It's not just, like, this fantasy, like, Jedi Order, anything. Like, people make these real-life, selfish, selfless decisions. And obviously Saw is caught in very selfish decisions. Doesn't want to help the prisoners, doesn't want to, you know, he locks up Sabine and Ezra. Like, he makes all these choices that are really questionable um, just because he thinks he's doing the right thing. 
Um, and that's a selfish choice. And obviously, Ezra and Sabine are doing the are trying to be selfless. And I yeah. just I like that they're trying to set up this like idea of dark and light that we see throughout Star Wars in just this one episode yeah. with within the rebellion. It's just really cool. So yeah. awesome. Talking wow. about that moment with Saw and Sabine and Ezra and Saw kind of locking them up. And you're right, Saw is being completely selfish in that moment. But what he's doing is, in his mind at least, and I think fair, a, a fair point as well, is that it is selfless. Because he destroyed the kyber crystal that who knows how many worlds would have been destroyed if that kyber crystal we saw in Rebels had made it to the Death Star. Oh my gosh, you're so right. It could have been done earlier. And it's like Like, he had he had foresight, misguided foresight, to know and to and he was convinced that the Empire was doing something horrible with this and he was right. Um, Mm -hmm. whereas Sabine and Ezra which were much more short sighted in, you know, kind of save who we can save now and worry about the rest later, which also has its merits too. You know, of course you don't want to leave the prisoners behind, but if they had gotten the prisoners and not the Kyber Crystal what would have happened? I know. It's in yeah. that is so so interesting. I honestly feel like this is gonna be one of those episodes that as a fan I return to for like ten years. Mm-hmm. And every time I watch it, I'm gonna be like, Oh my gosh, this sets up so many interesting, you know, moral questions. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and I was reminded of one of our very first episodes of Sky Talkers was about the about Saw's episode on Geonosis, actually. And Remember with Kanan and Ezra and there and you have Click Clack and he's drawing the Death Star. Click Clack oh, is drawing cl- the Death Star. Click Clack. Yeah, Click Clack. Bad <laughs> name. Good character. Uh, <laughs> and he's drawing the Death Star. And so you've had this idea that has been festering in Saw's mind for, you know, a while. And it's become this obsession. And rightly so. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's that's the crazy thing is he's right. The Kyber crystal yeah. is going to be used for mass destruction. And at that point, is it worth it to go to the extremes that Saw is willing to go to? Sacrifice the few for the many. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. That's like a rhetorical question. Like, you don't <laughs> yeah, no, know. Yeah, you don't know. And you have to make those choices and live with the consequences of them, too. I mean, that's that. that what is that moral question that's like if two people were on the train tracks and like you could only save those two or you could like run back and in like st- I don't I don't know okay you know what <laughs> I don't remember that moral well, just, question but like there's the there's something the like that the fewer the many the fewer the many there you there go, go. <laughs> yeah. so this I honestly I was looking at the schedule and scratching the your next, head yeah well you know what else is new the <laughs> the next one hour quote unquote episode is the mid-season finale. Wow. Um, so I just want to say, like, why do you think these episodes, the one before and this one, like, what is it about this episode that needed to be one hour? I mean, obviously, like, we loved it and it, it felt really good for, like, the story to breathe and everything. But um, I was kind of wondering, like, why do you think they decided to tell the story as an hour long? I think probably because this is the last we'll see of Saw, and now you You think this is the last we're going to see of Saw? I think think as much as we have in this episode. He might come up a couple of times, like they might run into him at certain missions and things like that, or on holograms. Um, But 
I think now Saw has really started the wheels turning in Ezra's head, and that's going to play a big part in how Ezra decides to fight in the next couple of episodes too. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think that I think that was kind of Saw's purpose for the characters, for his interactions with the characters, and, uh, and yeah. as well, we well, now well, know where Mon Mothma stands and where the rebellion stands as far as those kind of those moral questions. Right, and I we'll get into that in our character section in a, just a second. But yeah, I agree. I think that in order to kind of set up as much as they needed to, like you're right, like they needed to kind of give this almost like short arc of Ezra kind of observing these different sides and getting that sort of experience. And I think that had to be accomplished in this longer form. Mm-hmm. Of this episode. Yeah. I really liked, I'll just say, but I mean, it's interesting because Saw was in the first episode, but he definitely wasn't a main player in the first part of this episode. You had the the Scarif satellite dupe. Yeah. <laughs> Which I actually thought was a really fun sequence of them kind of sliding around. Yeah, I did too. I loved that. It, it reminded me of some movie or something, but I can't remember what it is. I was like, oh my gosh, they're definitely going to slide all around this. And then I loved that they brought in the whole, they're adjusting the satellite because mm-hmm. it reminded me of Rogue One where the satellite isn't like yeah. aligned and they have to move it. I was like, there's so many Rogue One connections in this, but not just Rogue One. It mm-hmm. was just really great. Yeah. Well, I mean, Saw One, Death Star, Kyber Crystal, You, it's... It's pretty it's heavy very rogue, rogue one. one. It's gotta yeah. be he- really heavy rogue one. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. Okay, so is there anything else you want to say about the story or should we move on to part three? No, I think that's good. Let's do it. Well, my name's Ezra. This is Kanan. That's Sabine and Zeb. It's nice to meet you, 7567. Actually, my name is Rex. Captain, 501st Clone Battalion. Okay, so the characters. Obviously, this is our favorite section. <laughs> but um, what character stood out to you the most in this episode? Uh, I mean, you can Saw if you want. I mean, Saw did stand out to me a lot, but I really loved Ezra in this episode. I like the questions he asked in this episode at the end. And uh, it's been really fun having a Sabine and Ezra team up, I will say. <laughs> I really completely agree. And also, guys, I kind of am here for it. I'm here for the Sab- Sabine Ezra, Sabezra <laughs> thing. They didn't really, there weren't any hints of that in this episode, in either no. one. And no, again, no, no. it's like, if they're going to make that a thing, I need to see more from Sabine. And you got to lay the groundwork for that. And they're not laying the groundwork for it. Okay, but I like them together, like, as a duo. Yeah, me too. Like, I don't know, like, romantically, like, I don't even care. I just like, I, I think that it's really funny and cute when they're together. Like, yeah. even just Hera and Kanan when oh they, like, God. roll up and they're going to go pick up the kids. I was <laughs> like, this is everything I wanted. I was like, this is amazing. Stop it. Yeah. It. <laughs> uh, There's so many, like, little subtle winks the, yeah. this season at the fans, and it's just great. Fun with it. But yeah. Ezra, I thought Ezra did was was really great in this episode. Like his meditation session with Kanan. Um, I loved when when they're on the cargo ship and I forget if it's before or after the Kyber Crystal, but it's him and Sabine and they're running and he he lifts the two death or stormtroopers up on the to the ceiling with the force and then like pulls them down. It it was it was so skilled. <laughs> I was like Ezra, what is going on? 
he was yeah he was he was really good um and then again at the end when he asked the question he was like what if the rebellion isn't doesn't even know that the war has already started yeah and thought does and yeah i i really liked ezra in this episode me too i mean as i think this season comes to an end I I feel like we all, I mean, this is, I'm going to say this sentence and it's not going to be true for everybody, but like Ezra is the audience character kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, living through everything and you, you kind of relate to Ezra because he doesn't really, he's asking these questions just the same as we are. Mm-hmm. And as we see that happening and we even see like some flaws in Ezra that like we don't really want to see in ourselves. Like I know, I know I like did not love the jetpack thing, but like if I had a jetpack, I would not be able to use it. Like it, it's just no, and it's just like he is the everyman character, and I appreciated how they really brought that home. And even like you mentioned about him learning his force powers and like kind of you know owning it <laughs> in this episode, like yeah, he should own it. Like at this point, like we know a lot about how the rebellion was formed, like that's kind of a metaphor. Like, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's, like, growing, and so have we as an audience, and it's just awesome. Um, I I agree. Like, Ezra really did stand out to me as was a he character. Your, was, he your, was he your standout standout of this episode? Um, I think so. Like, he was the one that I was watching the most and the most intrigued by. Yeah. Um, they made another jetpack joke, and I was like, you know what? I should have stuck it out about the jetpack <laughs> joke because it wasn't that bad. Like, yeah. it's not that bad. And even it was funny because Sabine, like, poked fun at him and it was just one time. Like, it was funny. Yeah. It was good. I, what I thought was funny is when they're in the cargo hold and Sabine's like, sneak into a, sneak into a ship with a cargo hold. And Ezra's like, we've done that before. And they just Yeah, like, yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to talk about Rebels Recon and this comment that Dave Filoni made about – I, and I, I didn't know if this would be better suited for part one, for part two, or part three. Because it's, it's fine, we can put it here. It's okay. <laughs> this is where it's going. Um, but basically, Dave was talking about how everyone is, is so excited to see the rebellion, um, and like Yavin Four, and the formation of the rebellion officially as we're getting closer to a new hope. But he said something. He said, and I, I should have written it down. But actually, can we pause? Can we get the exact quote? Okay, got the quote. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Basically, you have Annie Gutierrez is talking to Dave Filoni, and he's rocking my world as per usual. But he, she asked him, "What was the definitive definitive moment of the rebellion? Is this kind of the definitive moment?" And Dave is talking about how fandom likes to make a lot out of what is the definitive moment of the rebellion, but to them, that's not really a goal, and it was never necessarily a goal to get to the to get to Yavin Four. Um, and he said. You want to avoid those things. You want to keep these characters independent and making their own choices and not serving as a footnote on the journey of another character. And when he said that, I was just like, this is everything I've always felt about Rebels and Clone Wars and their place within the saga films. Because if you guys have listened to some of our other episodes, something I've always wanted is for a main character like Ezra or Sabine or Ahsoka to have a place in a saga film. Because... And the way I said it, I was like, it almost like justifies what they're doing in these shows. But the way Dave said it makes so much more sense. And you don't want to have Kanan and Sabine's story serving the greater purpose of Luke and Anakin's story. You don't want them to be a footnote and to just be a stepping stone to get to a new hope, if that makes sense. 
Um, and I just really loved how he phrased that. I thought it made perfect sense. Um, and it's really important going into these last episodes of Rebels because we are getting so much closer to a new hope. And even though it's really exciting to see those things, you got to keep the focus on our characters, on the ghost crew, and not almost like not like you don't need to pepper these episodes with so many Easter eggs. And I don't think Rebels is doing that. Um, but I know sometimes as a fan, you you want those kinds of Easter eggs and you want to see those things. And we love seeing Luke running in the background of um, twin, twin sons, right? But we don't necessarily need that because I think in a way it almost takes away um, something from our ghost crew characters. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I loved that quote too. And I was really struck by it. Because, you know, the discussion around this last season is all like, okay, so what does it mean? Like, what is it going to mean for the rest of the saga? And I think that there that question still exists, like, despite this quote. Like, just because you have to know that there's no Jedi in um, A New Hope, in Empire Strikes Back, in Return of the Jedi. So I think that, like, that is a question of what's going to happen to Ezra and Kanan. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so that question doesn't really have to have so much to do with our core characters of the saga films. It can be, what does it mean for these characters? Like, what is, what, uh, what am I trying to say? That, like... It's complicated. That that their stories are, in fact, of different importance than to how we see them in and how they relate to the saga films. Yeah. Because it's like, and I think that they can both exist and these both these timelines can like run up against each other, but I I definitely, there's something about that quote that like has made me want to change the conversation about how this last season, I, I don't know, how we talk about how these characters are going to survive or if they're not going to survive in mm-hmm. this last season. Yeah, it's, it's, it makes me think about how we always talk about how, you know, Kanan and Ezra probably won't survive because Luke is the only Jedi and all the Jedi are gone. And it's like we're we're deciding the end of Kanan and Ezra's stories to service Luke's story, not yeah. for how their story ends up wrapping up independently of what's going to happen with Luke. And yeah. And like and functionally they have to service one another because it, it does have to line up. But you don't want it to be solely because of the fact that Luke is the only Jedi in the galaxy. Exactly. Like individualistically, like we've built up so much about these awesome characters and we're so attached to them that they kind of deserve that so much more yeah exactly then like oh then they he must die because like luke has to blow you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i don't know and i think that good quote good quote i'm glad you went and got it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you just dave filoni man he gets it he gets it um and i'm glad that that's something they're keeping in mind for this last and and dave has been keeping that in mind for all of time i'm sure all of time uh, all of time. All of time. All of time. Before there was Star Wars, there was Dave Filoni. And after Star Wars is gone, there will be Dave Filoni. <laughs> um, I wonder if that means we will actually see a little less of the Rebellion. I, oh. I, I don't know. I, That's interesting. I don't know if I actually... I don't think we'll see less of the Rebellion now that I've asked that question. I guess I just wonder what steps 
Lucasfilm Animation is taking to make sure that these characters aren't a footnote or a stepping stone to get to a new hope. Um, I want them to take some like pretty drastic choice, like choices and like take us to a place. I mean, I want this of every single Star Wars media. I want to be taken to a place that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And I think that we'll get the unexpected in Rebels and I'm ex- really excited about it, which is why I think this season is so intriguing. Yeah. Um, but obviously like I don't know how it's going to be and I don't think you do either. And I you know, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As much as I wish I had Dave Filoni's phone number, I do not. <laughs> I think it's an intriguing thought though to if we're going to see less of the rebellion because yeah, it would be a, it that would actually be a really big step. Yeah. It would be cool, and it would be good because I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's move on because I, I don't, I'm I'm theorizing in my head. And yeah, I don't have I'm any rabbit hole. Yeah. Um. So hot callus. <laughs> Way to lighten the mood. Hot callus. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Charlotte and I were just talking about how callus has definitely bulked up <laughs> since we last saw it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And if you guys haven't checked it out, Star Wars Twitter account actually posted a. Uh, like a Rebels Recon bonus episode, almost all about Hot Callus and his hair and his wardrobe, and how he's loosened up, and how he's <laughs> loosened up. <laughs> I feel like I'm blushing talking about Hot Callus. I, <laughs> uh, I I do hope we see a lot more of Hot Callus, of any Callus, um, especially given what we talked about with Saw and Mon Mothma. I wonder if someone like Callus is willing to toe the line a little more because of the things he had to do in the Empire. Yeah, the things he has done. The things he had to do is a tough, tough way to put it. Yeah, you're right. So the things that that he did while in serving serving the Empire. Yeah. Um, And if that will cause some tension between him and Mon Mothma and Bail Organa. I think it will. Again, uh, I hate talking about this, but because he's not in Rogue One or A New Hope, it's like, what happens to him? Stop it. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like... Maybe we just didn't see him. That's the thing. They might not be in Rogue One, but maybe that's because they were behind the camera. You know what I mean? This is true. They took a bathroom bathroom break during the big round table. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> went to go pop some popcorn coffee break <laughs> some calf <laughs> sorry <laughs> you know what i wish saw had said in this episode no what i wish he had said that quote that like Jin uses to rally the troops oh, when boy. she's like saw Guerrero used to say one fighter with a sharp stick and nothing left to lose can take the day yeah like i i want i want saw to say that also like we still haven't seen saw like what happens to saw's foot and like why like you know how he's like basically robotic in rogue one like we still we still haven't really seen that and i i think we keep getting closer to that so that to your earlier comment about whether or not this is going to be the last time we see saw that's true i think that we're gonna see him one more time and maybe maybe it has to do more with ezra since ezra is like you know, contemplating a lot right now. Yeah. Um, and I, there's a couple things I want from the next version of Saw that we get, and that is that quote. <laughs> it might be a little on the nose, but like, I still, I still would like it. And like his foot being blown off. <laughs> 
But oh, and I I forgot to mention how much I loved the the was is it Mon Mothma who says like we don't torture our prisoners or like we don't go at nothing to torture our prisoners and I was like yeah. oh my god like subtle boar gullet shout out <laughs> and I was like Mothma the- totally knows about boar gullet and is not yeah <laughs> exactly and I just like again as a, a fan who follows everything it was just really satisfying because it's like okay on one level it's like oh, whoa, he tortures his prisoners? If you didn't know that, if you didn't see Rogue One, then it's, like, fine, like, he tortures his prisoners. I mean, (laughs) really casual. It's not fine. fine. But, like, as a a viewer, you're like, okay, accepted. He tortures his prisoners. That's awful, right? But you don't know the methods. And, but, like, as a fan, we know how weird Borgulla is and, like, that whole situation. Pick one of those things up. Right? And so we come in with that knowledge, and it's just really awesome. Yeah. You know, for me, honestly, I don't need to see the rest of those things for Saw. I I, like, I would be okay if this is the last time we saw Saw. Maybe not the last time. I don't need him to be a big player in another episode. Um, I'm okay. I would like him to show up in, like, a hologram again. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. That's... Yeah. Or, like... Yeah. Or, like I said earlier, him kind of being on a mission and stealing something from the team and being, like... I'll use it a lot better than the Rebellion and dashing off. Um, Like some kind of intel or something. I don't know. But I'm okay not having those pieces filled in about where he purchased Borgale or how he got his foot blown off. I think that's one of the things that is so easy to get sucked into in Star Wars fandom is just wanting to know every detail of someone's life within this universe. And it's nice to have these, these characters who we know a lot about, but there are still some question marks because Saw himself is a question mark of a character. You kind of know how he got to the place he's at, but there are still a lot of things that we didn't see in his life and that have contributed to his extremeness, his extreme, his extreme personality and view of the rebellion and the empire. Um, there's a lot that has happened to him, and I don't need to see all of it because I can infer that it happened. That's true, and we have got a lot of him. Yeah, a and, lot of him. And I'd rather spend more time with the ghost crew. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, oh. we're four episodes in, and how much time have we had with Zeb or Hera? Not that much. Oh, Not that much. Oh, my gosh. You know? And Getting now you're stressed. stressed. Now you're stressed. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so what do you think that Kanan thinks about all of this about with Hera? Ezra? Oh, I know how <laughs> Kanan, Kanan thinks about Hera, but, like, about Ezra, about, like, what does he think? What are, what are his thought processes right now about Ezra as his Padawan? I, I just, uh, I wonder, like, I don't know. I wonder what's next for them as a duo. Yeah, it's, even though we got some of Kanan in last week's episode, we we haven't really gotten a lot of Kanan. And I love Kanan. Kanan's probably my favorite character of the Ghost Crew. But I feel like he is a bit of a hard read right now because he's kind of in Jedi mode, like Jedi Master mode almost. Totally. Um, and he, you know, he's doing that thing where he's not given straight answers and he's just kind of giving more thought. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just reminded of one of those first episodes of Rebels where Kanan is trying to train Ezra and he goes, you know, Ma- great Master Yoda always said, do or do not. There is no try. And Ezra's like, what? <laughs> and Kanan's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't just, he said it a lot. <laughs> But, like, we don't get that Kanan anymore. I know, we don't. Um, and he's, and it's sad. He's very meditative. Meditative? Meditative? Yeah. yeah so and, like, yeah. solemn. 
So I, I just wonder what he thinks about Ezra as his Padawan and what kind of questions are going through his mind as he looks on what Ezra. I'm, what I'm curious about is his relationship with the Rebellion because yes. we know he's he's not the biggest fan of the Rebellion due to his past with the Clone Wars and all that he suffered there. Uh, mm-hmm. But obviously, with Depa. Ha- yeah, um, but obviously Hera is. And is that, is there, like, is something going to happen in the Rebellion that becomes a breaking point for Kanan? And it's kind of like an ultimatum for him and Hera. Um, I can totally see that being the end of them in that the Kanan is like, I'm done. And Hera's like, well, I can't, like, walk away from helping people. No. And he's, <laughs> and he, and he, he's like, I'm going to go seek solitude on, on Alderaan. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> back back at it again with this Alderaan theory. Hera <laughs> is like fine. Oh my god! And then what if Hera like realizes the error of her ways and is like, I'm gonna go apologize to Kanan, and it's and she like gets out of hyperspace right as Alderaan blows up. Oh my god! <laughs> You're you keep hitting us with these like terrible <laughs> theories. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That would be really tragic. But I, I actually think that – I think that's pretty feasible, though, that there would be a breaking point. Something happens with the Rebellion um, or even with Saw and Ezra and it, and Kanan has to do something that would go against the Rebellion's wishes, something that totally. he believes is right um, and what a Jedi would do. And Hera's like, the Rebellion is telling you no. I'm telling you no. And Kanan is like, I got to do this. And either you're with me or you're not. Yeah. I, I completely see. I or, can, or even flip. see that going that way. Yeah. Or yeah. even like Hera has to do something that can, with the rebellion that Kanan doesn't want to do. And Hera's like, either you're with me or you're not. And he's not. Any other characters that you want to talk about in this section? I obviously had a lot of fun with Chopper in this episode. And, and Sabine was really fun, too. There, we didn't get a ton from her. Obviously, no. like, it was great, her and Ezra. But our focus really was, like, Saw and Ezra and Ron Mothma, I think. Yeah. Um, really Saw and Ezra. So I think it was a great episode. I think everything looked great. I I wonder if we'll see Kyber crystals again. Maybe we'll go to Jeddah. Wouldn't that be fun? But again, yeah. Something that was interesting in this episode is that I thought they were going to bring up Jeddah or like they did. Kane. Uh, no, they did bring up Jeddah, but yeah. I thought that Kanan would have been like, oh, like that's like the guardian of the wills or whatever, something like mm-hmm. that. But I I I love that Kanan comes from a place of like not really knowing that much, so like that wouldn't come up. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. Yeah. He. Yeah. Because his training was cut short. Exactly. Or Ezra didn't even bring that up about Je- uh, Jetta yet. It's just, it's it was interesting. Yeah. It was really interesting. And I, I, um, I wonder if that's going to come up again, like you said. Overall, really happy with this episode. Um, I hesitate to say I liked it more than the premiere. I liked it more than the premiere, I think. I, yeah. I just think, like, overall, it was a really, really, really well-written episode. It was. And it just, like, it felt... It just felt really morally conflicted and complicated, and I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I liked this one more than the premiere. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I love them both, and I think this, yeah. <laughs> this season is really off to, like, a really love, strong start. I love all my children equally, equally but differently. <laughs> Basically, yes. Yes. Okay. How I feel about every single piece of Star Wars, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, 
Okay, well, I think that's going to wrap up this this episode of Fulcrum Files. Is there anything else you want to say about In the Name of the Rebellion? No, it was just fantastic. Can't fantastic. wait for next week. I know. You haven't watched the preview yet, have you? Oh, no, I did. And it, it broke my heart. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, just get ready, guys. Next week, we'll we'll be here back at Fulcrum Files. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for Sky Talkers, we have our regular Saturday episode coming up this Saturday, our regular Saturday episode. Um, <laughs> sorry. And we are finishing up. We're the very last episode of our hashtag Sky Talkers Machete, where we are covering, you guessed it, The Force Awakens and... I can't believe we're here. So if you're listening to this and it's past Saturday, you should go and check out our Force Awakens episode. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. And you should also go check out all of our friends on our new network, the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Um, Jonna Marie has her Rebel show that is up and running, as well as Unmistakably Star Wars. And Charlotte, what new show are you launching soon? Oh, oh yeah. I forgot to mention this on our (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm a part of Podme, the, the Padme best, Amidala podcast. The best podcast name I've ever heard in my life, Podme. Okay, Sky Talkers is pretty good. I'm just not going to lie. Okay, I love Sky Talkers, but <laughs> Podme is amazing. Yeah, it's a great name. Yeah. So that's launching on Monday on the Unmistakably Star Wars Network. So, and like feed. So yeah. check that out. It's going to be great. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at Sky Talkers Podcast. Oh, just kidding. Sky Talkers Pod. <laughs> That's our Instagram. Sky on Talkers Instagram. Pod. Exactly. Our, our website is skytalkers.com. And we'll see you next time. And may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Don't forget to thank Dave Filoni on your way out. And we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.